Move a little closer to wherever you are watching your screens um, and join me for our children's time. And I'm going to sit right here on the step. Um, and I have a book that I want to read for y'all this morning. It's called The Invisible String by Patrice Karst. Um, and so I'm going to share that with us this morning. Liza and Jeremy, the twins, were asleep one calm and quiet night. Suddenly, it began to rain very hard. Thunder rumbled until it got so loud that it woke them up. Mommy, mommy, they cried as they ran to her. Don't worry, you two. It's just the storm making all that noise. Go back to bed. We want to stay close to you, said Jeremy. We're scared. Mom said, you know we're always together, no matter what. But how can we be together when you're out here and we're in bed, said Liza. Mom held something right in front of them and said, this is how. Rubbing their sleepy eyes, the twins came closer to see what mom was holding. I was about your age when my mommy first told me about the invisible string. I don't see a string, said Jeremy. You don't need to see the invisible string. People who love each other are always connected by a very special string of love. But if you can't see it, how do you know it's there, asked Liza. Even though you can't see it with your eyes, you can feel it with your heart and know that you are always connected to everyone you love. When you're at school and you miss me, your love travels all the way along the string until I feel it tug on my heart. And when you tug it back, and when you tug it right back, we feel it in our hearts, said Jeremy. Does Jasper the cat have an invisible string? asked Liza. She sure does. And best friends like me and Lucy? asked Liza. Best friends too. How can how far can the string reach? Anywhere and everywhere, Mom said. Would it reach me if I were a submarine captain in the ocean, asked Jeremy. Yes, Mom said, even there. What about a mountain climber? Even there. Or a dancer in France? Even there. Or a jungle explorer? Even there. How about an astronaut out in space? even there. Then Jeremy quietly asked, can my string reach all the way to Uncle Brian in heaven? Yes, even there. Does the string go away when you're mad at us? Never, said mom. Love is stronger than anger. And as long as you have love in your heart, the string will always be there. Even when you get older and can't agree on things like what movie to see or what game to play in the back seat of the car or what time to go to bed. Oh, that's right. You two should be in bed. And with that, they all laughed as mom chased the twins back to their beds. Within a few minutes, they were asleep, even though the storm was still making the same loud noises outside. Sorry, page is stuck. And as they slept, they started dreaming of all the invisible strings they have and all the strings that their friends have and that their friends have 
and that their friends have until everyone in all the world was connected by invisible strings. And from deep inside, they could now clearly see that we are never alone. This story, like our scripture passage, promises us that we are never alone. We are loved by God and by our families, and that's good news. God is always with us. We're going to pray together, and because our invisible strings connect us, no matter what space we're in, I'm going to ask us to pray together. I'm going to say a line of the prayer, and I'm going to invite all the children and all those who are watching and everyone here in the sanctuary with me to repeat it after me. Let's pray together. Dear God, Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to worship together. Thank you for this time to worship together. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the invisible strings. Thank you for the invisible strings that connect us to you. And to one another, and, to one another. And, remind us and remind us that we are never alone. We, are never alone. we, love, you. we love you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, friends. We return this week to the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. It's part of Jesus' farewell discourse in chapters 13 through 17 and a continuation of the passage last week. Jesus is offering words of comfort to the disciples in the days before his death and resurrection. And the message he offers in these seven verses, it's the same message from the book that I just read. The assurance that we are not alone. Jesus is promising his continued presence with us and his ongoing guidance for us because he loves us so much. Over and over again in these verses, the message is, I am with you and I will be with you. And there's three promises in particular that I want to look at. First is the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is not the only place in the farewell discourse where Jesus talks about the coming Holy Spirit. We'll see it again in chapters 15 and 16. The Spirit will come to the disciples and will be an advocate. An advocate is someone who is on your side, who speaks on your behalf, who supports and encourages. John uses the word paraclete here, which translates as advocate, helper, or counselor. The Spirit will come alongside the disciples to help them, to lead them, to advocate for them. Jesus will ascend to heaven, but the Holy Spirit will come to continue God's presence among them and to continue to work through them in their communities. Because of the Holy Spirit, we are not alone. The Spirit whispers and nudges us to see places where God is at work or opportunities for us to share love with someone else. Adam Hamilton, an author and pastor of Church of the Resurrection at UMC out in Kansas City, talks of his experiences with the Holy Spirit in his book on the Gospel of John. He writes of a time when he was running late for a very important meeting, but he received a phone call about someone in his congregation who was in the hospital. He was running late, and the meeting was important, and somebody could go visit the man the next day, 
but he listened to the nudge from the Holy Spirit that told him to go, and he found the man was dying. He was able to be with the man and his children in those last moments. He writes, his daughter felt that God had sent me. I also felt that God had sent me, but I almost missed it. Some speak of these as coincidences, but I see them as God incidents. The Holy Spirit moves in our lives in amazing and mysterious ways, helping us, guiding us, drawing us closer to God and to one another. I admit I was curious about why this passage from the last days of Jesus' life is part of the lectionary six weeks after Easter. But I think the promise of the Holy Spirit foreshadows the coming of the Spirit on Pentecost, which we'll celebrate in a couple of weeks. And Caroline Lewis goes a bit further saying that this text is located in the Sundays after Easter, promises that Jesus' presence and power will extend beyond the empty tomb, beyond Easter, and well into the next season we call Pentecost. We are reminded that God is with us no matter what the season. Jesus also promises in, these pass- in this passage that he will not leave us orphaned. The image of orphans is used throughout scripture to refer to those who have no family, especially children, um, who have no one to care for them, no support system. And usually after the mention, there's an instruction to remember the orphans and to take care of them. God is on the side of those who have no one. And Jesus is reminding us here that he is not going to leave us with no one on our side. Throughout scripture, God affirms God's presence with us. From the pillars of cloud and fire in that led the Israelites out of Egypt in the Exodus to the promise to Joshua as he takes up the mantle of leadership that the Lord your God will be with you, to the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, to the words here in John 14, I will not leave you orphaned, to the coming of the Holy Spirit in wind and fire in Acts, the scriptures affirm the closing words of Matthew's gospel, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is with us always. We are not alone. These are words we speak every week in our affirmation of faith. This is an affirmation I was not familiar with before coming to West End, and I have grown to love it and look forward to saying it each week, especially the end. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, indeed, that there is no situation in which God is not with us. Jesus' words in this passage were meant to reassure the disciples in the days to come when Jesus would be arrested, tried, killed, rise from the dead, and ascend to heaven. The days ahead of the disciples would be filled with anxiety and grief and confusion. Jesus is offering hope and comfort for them in advance. And that comfort rings true for us right now. These days are uncertain. We have little control over what is happening in our world. We are grieving the loss of time with friends, family not in our household. We are missing the milestones of birthdays, graduations, confirmations, baptisms, family trips, and so much more. We are all struggling in some way, whether that is with job loss, worry over our businesses, concern for our employees, fear of going out in public, 
working from home, having to go into work, trying to parent and teach children in these circumstances, not to mention whatever else comes at us in the news each day. We are not alone in feeling all the feelings right now. Everyone has their own story, their own struggles, their own worries, and yet we are all in this together. I don't know about you, but I have days where I feel lost and overwhelmed and alone. I had them before the pandemic, but I definitely have them now. And in those moments, I'm grateful, so grateful for the reminder that God is with us and we are not alone. If I'm paying attention, I see evidence of God's presence everywhere. In the birds chirping outside my window, in the flowers blooming in my neighborhood, in sunsets and rainstorms, in the whispers and nudges from the Holy Spirit. But do you know where I am seeing evidence of God's presence more than anywhere else right now? It's in the ways that people are loving one another. It's in the ways that we are affirming our togetherness, our withness, despite our physical distance. People are spending time on Zoom or Facebook, talking with family and friends, some of whom they may not have even connected with in quite some time. People are holding neighborhood bear hunts and Easter egg hunts where they place stuffed bears and Easter eggs in their front windows for neighbors to find as they walk. There are drive-by parades to celebrate birthdays and other special occasions. Many are showing their love for others by simply staying home and by wearing a mask when they do have to go out. People are supporting their local businesses in whatever ways they can. When we gather to worship virtually each week, people are commenting in the live stream, sharing greetings, the peace of Christ, and the prayers that are on their hearts. Folks are making many, many phone calls to check up on church members. Boxes of snack bag supplies and food for Glencliff have, are stacked up at Stacy's house, providing, provided by the congregation to support those who are experiencing homelessness and extra need in this season. People are showing love and compassion and witness with every card written, every bag of groceries delivered, every mask being sewn by hand. It's amazing. We are in this together. We are not alone. We are weaving together beautiful, invisible strings of connection, just like in the book, so that no one is ever alone. Finally, Jesus has not left the disciples alone to figure out what they're supposed to do after his death and resurrection. He has given them commandments to fall back on. When we as disciples follow the example and witness of Jesus' life and teachings, we do so out of obedience and love and gratitude. Sometimes we may have no idea what we're supposed to do. We find ourselves in new situations where our previous experiences can't help. I certainly feel that way now. I am not a scientist and they didn't cover global pandemics in seminary, but that doesn't mean we have been left without guidance. And when in doubt, I rely on the old WWJD. What would Jesus do? I had one of those cool WWJD bracelets and it might seem overly simplistic or like a worn out fashion trend, but the question still holds truth, especially in uncertain situations. And guess what? I see people doing what Jesus would do every day. All of those ways I mentioned earlier of people showing up for one another are evidence of loving God 
and loving our neighbors well, just as Jesus commanded. The Holy Spirit is moving among us and showing us where God is at work in all the midst of this uncertainty, and people are responding. I want to leave you with this. The founder of the Methodist movement was a man named John Wesley. He had a lot to say about the church, about theology, about God, about everything, really. Um, But Wesley's last words particularly resonate for this passage of scripture, for all the days of our lives, and especially for this moment. He said, the best of all, God is with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.